0: Topics discussed are for educational purposes only. Now, welcome Integrative Dietitian's Allie Miller and her co host Becky Yu.
1: Welcome to episode 349 of the Naturally Nourished Podcast. You are joining us for the Adrenal Transformation Protocol with guest, Dr. Isabella Wentz. You may have heard about Dr. Wentz's work through the realm of thyroid. Particularly, she speaks a lot on Hashimoto's. But when we're thinking about this stress-thyroid connection, I think that it's only natural to extend the focus into the adrenal glands. So today's episode, we're going to be covering her new work that's been released a couple months back now, the Adrenal Transformation Protocol. But before we get into the meat of today's episode, if you will, I want to introduce my intro co host, Miss Stella Virginia Miller hi friends (laughs) since it's summer becky and i did a couple batch uh recordings and so we pre-recorded this interview with dr wentz but for today's intro miss stella thought she could join me do you want to tell my friends a couple updates from your birthday recently stella just turned seven years old let's share what your favorite things were
0: um my favorite thing was eating ice cream cake and doing the mock sleepover
1: Oh, yes. We did a mock sleepover with her girlfriends where we did nail painting. I did face masks with blueberries and honey and yogurt and used uh, my friend uh, Ashley from Grace Holistic Skins products like the hydrosols and such. And it was really special, and I made her an ice cream cake by just literally melting down ice cream, putting it in a a pie pan, and then refreezing it. And put a row of fresh strawberries in between, and then melted down some soy-free chocolate chips and drizzled those on top, and it worked really well, right? Yes. Awesome. Okay. Let's, uh, before we get into uh, bringing on Dr. Wentz, we want to share some updates. So this last weekend, we did a flash sale on my adrenal support formula. This is our glandular formula that would be like taking nature thyroid instead of Synthroid if you're dealing with Hashimoto's. If you're dealing with thyroid ins- if you're dealing with, excuse me, adrenal insufficiency um, and your adrenal glands aren't pumping out enough cortisol or DHEA, and you're missing those steroidal building hormones, which we'll dig into in today's episode, you may be a good candidate for adrenal support. This is our glandular compound, which is going to work like a pillar to help to support those adrenal glands in their output. And then the secondary recommendation is definitely our adaptogen boost. Adaptogen boost is going to have three different adaptogens. It has Panax ginseng, rhodiola, and cordyceps. And these three work in synergy to combat fatigue and aid in resilience and prevent burning out those adrenals while also assisting in recovery. So you'll hear a little bit more in today's episode about adaptogens. Again, if you know you're dealing with adrenal burnout, you definitely also need our adrenal support. We'll have links for both of those formulas in today's show notes. And also if you're looking to get a leg up and want to explore more of an interactive program, I will be linking my adrenal rehab program. I put this out actually between the release of the anti-anxiety diet and the anti-anxiety diet cookbook. It is jam-packed with food as medicine support for rebound and recovering tired, fatigued adrenals after prolonged seasons of stress, and how to get resilient and uh, balanced in your overall energy, mood, hormones, and so much more. So check out my Adrenal Rehab Program if today's episode resonates. All right, Stella, you want to kick us into our ad space? Yes.
0: Let's take a second to talk about Wild Foods. Wild Foods is a food company that puts... Quality, su- sustainability, sustainability and health first in all their products. They have everything from coffee to turmeric to medicinal, medicinal medicinal mushrooms, and every single product is sourced from small farms around the globe. They are they, they take, take their-, their mission seriously to fix the broken food system and believe real food and medicine.
1: Yes, so they've partnered with us to give you guys an exclusive discount. When you use the code AllieMillerRD, you will get 12% off of your order. And some of our favorite products that Wild Foods offers is their Wild Matcha. This is a fine powder made from stone ground green tea leaves. This ensures that you get 10 times the amount of benefits of a single bag of green tea. So you're going to get that EGCG Antioxidant, you're going to get L theanine, which helps with alpha brainwave regulation, which can definitely be a tool in supporting stress, resilience, and tolerance and balance mood and neurotransmitters. We also love their wild vanilla, which is carefully selected, hand-harvested, whole vanilla beans. You actually can consume the entire raw beans that are dried, and this creates a really clean aromatic powder without the alcohol or the additives. This is going to boost antioxidants and absolutely flavor in all of your dishes. And then they have lovely teas, um, from their coconut chai to their tai which is a green rooibos non-caffeinated tea with ginger, lemongrass, and lime. I love sipping on this on a hot day. And not to go without mentioning Tropic, which is their wild superfood elixir. This is a blend of wild cacao powder, reishi and chaga mushroom extracts, maca, which is a fantastic adaptogen, as well as libido boost, and wild turmeric. So this can sip like a mocha if you want to do it with a little bit of cold brew uh, or like a hot cocoa to end your day. Uh, you can add in healthy fats, whether you're adding cacao butter, which you can also get through Wild Foods, uh, or you can add ghee or coconut oil. And it's just a fantastic blend of these anti-inflammatory super herbs that are known for their nootropic or brain-boosting properties. So go on over to wildfoods.co, that's .co, not com. Put in Allie Miller RD at checkout. You'll get $12 off, uh, excuse me, $12 percent off of your order. Um, And this is a really great way for you to support a company that curates small farms, uh, featured foods across the world, real food, real ingredients. And we really stand by their integrity and support for our same mission of food as medicine. Check out wildfoods.co. All right. I'm going to read Dr. Wentz's intro, and then we will welcome her on to the show. Dr. Wentz is a compassionate, innovative, solution-focused, integrative pharmacist dedicated to finding the root causes of chronic health conditions. Her passion stems from her own diagnosis with Hashimoto's thyroiditis in 2009 following a decade of debilitating symptoms. As an accomplished author, Dr. Wentz has written several best-selling books, including the New York Times bestseller, Hashimoto's Thyroiditis, Lifestyle Interventions for Finding and Treating the Root Cause, the protocol-based number one New York Times bestseller, Hashimoto's Protocol, a 90-day plan for reversing thyroid symptoms and getting your life back, and the Wall Street Journal's bestseller, Hashimoto's Food Pharmacology nutrition protocols and healing recipes to take charge of your thyroid health. Now her latest book, The Adrenal Transformation Protocol was released on April 18th of this year. The book focuses on resetting the body's stress response through targeted safety signals and features a four week program that has already helped over 3,500 individuals. The program has an impressive success rate with over 80% of participants improving their brain fog, fatigue, anxiety, irritability, sleep issues, libido, and more. All right, well, welcome Dr. Wentz to the Naturally Nourished
2: podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a joy to be here with both of you.
1: Yeah, we're really excited to have you. We have a program in our clinic called Adrenal Rehab. And a lot of my work is in the HPA access space, but it's always fun picking brains of other professionals, hearing their pearls and approaches and ways that, we can look outside of the box, everyone gets in their own ruts of kind of their go-to tools and tricks. Um, So I want to hear first before we start picking your brain right off the bat about um, your background and how you became known as the thyroid pharmacist.
2: Mm. Sure, in full disclosure, I was never interested in thyroid health during pharmacy school. It wasn't until I was diagnosed myself, of course, with Hashimoto's after about 10 years of some pretty confusing symptoms that nobody was able to really help me with and that's how I became I guess a Hashimoto's expert slash guinea pig was really through helping to trying to help myself to feel human again because I had debilitating fatigue, I had panic attacks, I had like every symptom in the book for almost a decade before I was diagnosed.
3: Yes. And, um, tell us how you made the jump because you're so known in the thyroid world. Tell us how you made the jump from thyroid to adrenals with your most recent book and, and the adrenal transformation protocol might be a bit of a departure for those who don't really understand the intricate connection between the adrenals and the thyroid gland. So let's talk about that connection. And was there a personal story there as well?
2: Sure. So I um, have been talking about adrenals as long as I've been talking about thyroid health as well, because most people with Hashimoto's and autoimmunity, they'll have some degree of adrenal dysfunction, myself included, right? Part of my healing journey was figuring out what were the many triggers and many imbalances that were happening in my body, other than just not having enough thyroid hormone on board. And I remember having changed my diet going gluten-free and dairy-free, that was a huge game changer for me. And so many symptoms went away, but I still struggled with like the brain fog and fatigue, trouble waking up in the mornings, unrefreshed sleep, anxiety, panic attacks. And the term adrenal fatigue kept like coming up time and time again. And I was like, oh, well, let me look it up on Mayo Clinic. And it's like, <laughs> Mayo Clinic says it doesn't exist. Okay. <laughs> okay, right. And it's like the whole, you know, I just kind of kept going around and around trying different things you know, coconut oil on my thyroid gland. Spoiler alert, did not work, right? Um, and I came back to adrenal fatigue and it was like, okay, fine, I'll give this a try. I did the test. Sure enough, I had a d- advanced degree of adrenal dysfunction and I utilized the recommended therapies for it and holy cow, I got better, right? So, um, you know, kind of fast forward a few years later, like I'd been using protocols for my clients and have written about them. And I felt like I had a pretty solid understanding of what to do when people were struggling with those symptoms. And then I had a son. Um, My son just turned five and around eight months postpartum, when I, um, you know, you hear that kids are supposed to sleep when they're three months old, right? Like I read that in the books. My son did not read those same books. So, like, he was still waking up and I was nursing him throughout the night and, you know, doing the nighttime caregiving stuff that we, a lot of us mamas do for extended periods of time. And I found myself being like, okay, I think I'm in that adrenal fatigue, adrenal dysfunction state again. And yeah. then I tested myself and I was like, oh yes, I have this, these like flatline cortisol outputs. But then I was like, oh crap, I don't know what to do now because I can't take the hormones I used to recommend. I can't take a lot of the supplements I used to recommend because I was nursing, right? I didn't want my baby to grow chest hair, right? Like you don't, you don't know- what like hormones are going to convert to or, you know, suppress your milk supply. Right. And then it was like, okay, so I used to rec- also recommend lifestyle things like sleeping 10 to 12 hours a night or going on a vacation for a long time, decommitting and like quitting caffeine. Right. And I was like, huh, that was, worked really well when I didn't have like an eight month old baby to take care of, but like, what am I going to do now? And mm-hmm.
3: so I- you're oh, speaking to me because I have an eight-month-old right now and a two-and-a-half-year-old or two-and-eight-month-year-old. So I hear you.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. And I feel like there's so much for mamas where there's like, oh, well, you can do this once you your kid is older or once you weaned your baby or once your baby sleeps. But like sometimes that doesn't happen for, you know, three months And sometimes that doesn't happen for three years, sometimes five years. And what if you have back-to-back babies? Like, you know, we still need to have other ways to heal, right?
1: Yeah, most definitely. So what were some of the most kind of turnkey things, or let's talk about the difference of pre-baby and post-baby specifically, what you did for adrenal insufficiency and I think it's important. You know, I think that's so funny. I remember, I don't know, was it 2014 or something like that? The IFM was like, we can't call it adrenal fatigue anymore. Mm-hmm. We need to call it adrenal insufficiency because, you know, the mainstream medical world is not having this. And basically if we couldn't diagnose Cushing's or Addison's, the word adrenal wasn't allowed to be used, you know, in, in mainstream medicine. But I think that that's a nuance that needs to come more to light. And so it's great when we have medical professionals doing pieces on the work of the adrenal glands and how the sympathetic or parasympathetic system can have such an anchor on whole body health or on manifesting disease. Um, So maybe actually first, before we talk about what you did differently in the two seasons, let's just unpack from your perspective, like the big highlights of why our adrenal glands are so important for optimal health in the human body
2: really they produce our stress hormones, right? So probably the best known one is cortisol. And when we are in this state where they're not functioning properly, or they're not releasing the right kind of hormones at the right time of day, we can have a whole host of symptoms that are very frustrating. And that really shift us away from healing. And we end up getting stuck in this state where we're essentially breaking the body down for fuel. So Um, typically a person when they're exposed to a lot of stress, they might have a rise in cortisol levels. Typically that's what conventional medicine and nature media talks about. Like you have high cortisol, that's bad. It's because you're stressed, right? Um, But there's this process that we go through where yes, initially the cortisol will be high and we're like overperforming. So we're taking care of the babies at night, during the day, we're cooking, we're cleaning, you know, we're working 17 side hustles and we're sort of going through this process. And you know, that that state is um, temporary, but it can have some symptoms, you know, throughout that state as well. So you might be more irritable, you might be short-tempered, you might get a little bit more angry with people. As that state goes on and the body keeps perceiving stress, then eventually that high cortisol output will start changing because of an adaptive system that the body has to protect us from like too many hormones for too long, And the cortisol pattern will start adjusting. So a person might have um, high cortisol throughout the day with a few um, lows. And during those lows, they might feel anxious, right? Or they might have those energy dips. So like at 3 p.m. when you're just so, so tired and you have that energy crash, that could be one of the early stages. As time goes on, a person might have more dips throughout the day where one of those dips might be in the morning and you might have a hard time getting out of bed in the morning and you might have brain fog in the morning and you might be like, why is it awake time? Like, I wanna stay in bed for the next six hours. And eventually, um, you know, and the person might still have high cortisol in the evenings that that can prevent them from going to sleep, falling asleep. They might be misdiagnosed with insomnia. They might wake up throughout the night. And even if they do sleep, they may not be able to get into those healing states Um, as time goes on, this can result in what we call a flatline cortisol output. And this is typically you're tired in the morning, you're tired in the afternoon, you're tired in the evening, you go to bed tired and you wake up tired. And this is where, um, you know, not only do you have these symptoms, but your body's inflammation goes unchecked. And I see a lot of people when they get to that state, that's when the um, inflammatory conditions will manifest like Hashimoto's thyroiditis, ulcerative colitis, rheumatoid arthritis, right?
1: Absolutely, it's so interesting because we have a lot of those type A go-getters that will try like a second, third round of our beat the bloat cleanse, which is our generalized protocol for dysbiosis or SIBO or candida as an entry point. And when they are trying a second or third, I always have to pause and say, okay, you may have lower abdomen swelling actually from adrenal insufficiency from inflammatory food response from your burnout and you're continuing to beat your belly up, you know with all these natural compounds but we don't need to sterilize. We actually need good gut flora happening and we actually need to work a totally different kind of circuit system for the body. I think that that's food sensitivity is a really underlooked symptom and leaky gut in general as something that can occur and coincide with adrenal insufficiency. Um, let's uncover. Yeah. So kind of my earlier question about how you addressed it personally, pre-baby, and then as a breastfeeding mama and kind of what were your top three interventions and how they differed.
2: So, so before I had my son, I went through adrenal dysfunction twice. The first time I utilized pregnenolone and DHEA, as well as licorice to help mimic the natural cortisol patterns in a circadian fashion throughout the day. And then I utilized adaptogens, vitamin C, um, some, excuse me, some glandulars. And, um, you know, just really focused on lifestyle changes. There's there's a lot of things that I've been doing with an anti-inflammatory diet as well. And that's part of every protocol that I'll recommend anyway. Yeah. Um, And that was kind of the main thing that really got me well. Within a few months, I was able to like feel better. The second time was when I was at a really crazy time in my business where I had just released a documentary series. It was so much work. And then I also released a book around the same time. And so I found myself in this, like I was working all day trying to manage my team and then in the evenings I had to work on my website. And so I just kind of, it was overwork. So then I like decommitted for 30 days and I slept and just simplified a lot of things. And that helped me the second time around. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Um and how
2: about in the
1: world of I'm just gonna jump into this and then I'll let you go, Becky. Um how about let's talk about DHEA a little bit and um how we would address someone that has a really elevated DHEA but low cortisol.
2: Um definitely <clears throat> excuse me a sec. My throat is like, Fine. Yep. we have real humans listening and people clear yep. their
1: throats all the time. So you get it fully out. You do it.
3: <laughs> we, we both lost our voices Allie much more so than me just a couple weeks ago with just overdrive of events and things. So we got it
1: going to yep. 48 hour vocal rest, yes. which when you put out a book, that's probably a good thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Then around the corner.
2: I <laughs> love that. <clears throat> um, so, the, what would you do for somebody if they had low DHEA or high DHEA, but, but and low, low cortisol, low cortisol.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I what would, does that tell us?
2: I would typically work with something like pregnenolone specifically, or just hydrocortisone and not DHEA. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I would have typically done. Sometimes this is kind of an advanced, um, from, from the training that I've done in the past, this is typically like an advanced stage of adrenal dysfunction where there's this DHA surge yeah. where it's like the body's like just trying to, to do something yeah. to get going. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And we'll even see often, like maybe they, we need to look at other sex hormones, like the individual is also low in progesterone and, you know, that kind of creates this unkiltered mm-hmm. imbalance as well. Um, all right, you
3: go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and the high DHEA usually it, it is the, it's that last androgenic ditch surge. effort of like androgenic surge and you know it tells us they're in super high stress, you know, still in that fight or flight but also burned the heck out at the mm-hmm. same time. Um and I just want to clarify backing up a little bit um you know cortisol here isn't the enemy necessarily. Um and is it too much or too little cortisol that's the cause of adrenal issue? or is it more the way the body is perceiving that and kind of this adaptive mechanism?
2: So it's interesting because um, we used to think from like a functional medicine perspective that it was like the adrenals weren't able to produce enough cortisol. And there was something wrong with the adrenals. Now the the term, the more like appropriate term is adrenal dysfunction. And um, if you back it up, it's actually hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis dysfunction. And it is a communication pathway between the hypothalamus and the pituitary in the brain and the adrenal glands and like the hormones and the chemical messengers that really starts to become um, messed up for a better word, right? Um, Where you end up being under so much stress for such a long time that your body just doesn't respond the same way that it should. Normal, like really healthy people with healthy adrenal function, they're supposed to make cortisol in the morning within a certain range to help them wake up bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, right? They're supposed to have this cortisol response where you have a little bit more energy in the morning. And then as the day goes on, the cortisol levels drop. And so in the evenings, you can can sleep better. Mm -hmm. And then whenever you get into this um, dysfunctional state where the brain is not communicating well with the adrenals, you can have cortisol that's either too low, too high, or produced at the wrong times, even if it's at the right amounts for the whole day. And so like the cortisol isn't necessarily the problem. I feel like stress is the problem, but the cortisol is what can get picked up on a lab test. And typically well, you know, functional medicine will try to correct it, right? It's like cortisol is too low in the morning. Let's boost it up. It's too high in the evening. Let's use something to break it down quicker.
3: What's your favorite um, lab test? Are you doing like a multi-point throughout the day cortisol test or just an AM cortisol? How do you like to do it?
2: So I love lab tests. Like I just adore them. I think they're so fun. And I try to do as many as possible on myself and any other willing person. Um, So I love the Dutch test. It's a urinary test. And it does test um, metabolites of cortisol and other hormones throughout the day usually at least four times. Sometimes they'll even give you an extra one if you wake up in the middle of the night. And then there's also adrenal saliva tests that I love working with. They, um, I will say like, I've been studying the Dutch test for like seven years and I still find something new that I didn't know about it like every week. Whereas the adrenal saliva test is like so straightforward that I could be like, I could explain it to somebody that's doesn't have any medical background yeah. and I could be like, this is what's happening in your body. And it's like, oh, okay, great. Cause it's very straightforward. And the lab that I like for that one is ZRT lab. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say though, that this has been such a big barrier to the clients and individuals that I've worked with in the last decade. Um, like if I'm working with a client one-on-one I'll always recommend doing those tests, but writing books and educating people online. I know it's not always available to people because they might have to find a practitioner to order that so I also educate people about the symptoms of what your cortisol might look like when it's out of balance.
1: Most definitely, I think an in educated intake and or even some really strong written quizzes and symptom assessments Especially if we're using first line therapies of lifestyle, like stress reduction, uh, eating more frequently, maybe for some, uh, getting more protein. I think that these are definitely wholesome interventions that can be applied regardless of testing. And then when we're really looking at once we have that foundation to move that dial closer and we're not getting that optimal click is when we really need to then troubleshoot, are we, sometimes we'll perceive an overdrive and we're actually in a burnout mode or or vice versa. Um, I wanna talk to you about kind of maybe first line interventions If like, you know, for all listeners, whether they're in an overdrive, stressed and wired or stressed and tired mode of their adrenal output, what are some preliminary like things that are essential to support that dysfunction and get it back into a regulatory state?
2: A couple of things I recommend are things like blood sugar balance. So Mm -hmm. for generally, for most people, I'm sure you ladies are amazing at educating about that. But for most people that come to me, they may not know that they actually need more protein. Yeah, they're getting so getting enough protein and fat into their diets can really be helpful when your body's been in a prolonged catabolic state. So it's been breaking itself down like that protein is going to help with repairing the body, right? And bringing it back into balance. Oftentimes, you know, I may not be recommending keto diet all the time. For some people, um, they do feel great on it. For the average person that's coming to me, we're just doing kind of lower carb than they're used to eating, right? So we're really focusing on protein and fat Mm -hmm. just to really support their bodies from that perspective. And then we're also removing some of the more inflammatory foods like gluten, dairy, soy, and grains, Grains, some people just can do really well with them. But when you're having blood sugar issues, a lot of times I feel like it's easier to remove them initially, just because when people hear going like, oh, I'm going to go gluten-free sometimes they're like, oh, gluten-free. Right. And then like, they'll go on, get, you know, a bunch of other grains that can actually worsen blood sugar issues.
1: Totally more processed, refined, just gluten-free. <laughs> Not yep. always. Good. Yep. Yep.
3: Um, I want to ask about, um, fasting with these individuals, like you're saying blood sugar balance, eating more protein, and they're in this catabolic state. So for them, would you recommend fasting or would you kind of table that?
2: I will say fasting, you know, there's so many different ways to heal and so many protocols that are out there that can be incredible depending on where you are in life. Right. And people will hear about like, oh, fasting is good for you and running is good for you and spending time in community is good for you. But if you're that person that's like, holy cow, whenever I fast, I feel so much worse. That's (laughs) probably not your jam. And if you're like, if you're running and you feel worse after exercise or even spending time with people and you're like, I'm overwhelmed and I have to rest for three days. Like that's something, that's a signal your body's letting you know that something is off about that intervention. And so a lot of times I will actually, um, when people will have that like flat line adrenal curve, they're not sleeping well, they're waking up throughout the night. They just feel awful. I'm actually giving them like a schedule. I'll be like, you need to eat when you wake up, (laughs) you need to eat like two to three hours later. And people are like, no, but that's so not trending. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm not trending right now, but like, (laughs) this is what you need to do if you're like in this state, like you need to actually send your body safety messages, your body like thinks you're in a famine for whatever reason, there's inflammation going on or just deprivation of the right um, nutrients. And so we're just trying to give it a safety signal. And so um, I like, I could do fasting right now. I can do it so well. When I was a nursing mom, not sleeping throughout the night, if I tried to fast, I would gain 10 pounds overnight. Right. So you have to really listen to your body.
1: Yeah. I've been talking a lot over the last gosh, I feel like five years now about leptin. And I feel like, you know, just like any hormone, again, there's a sweet spot. And so for people that have leptin resistance, fasting is lovely. For those type A coffee drinking, probably adrenal burnout women that are listening that are the hyper exercisers, fasting could be that tip over that allostatic load and then their leptin goes down and then they're having the fight or flight panic attacks. Um, and so I think there is totally that N equals one nuance and even the season for the individual, like you said, like when you were breastfeeding versus when you're at a good space and your book has birthed, maybe now you have a little bit more of that free mental space and the body feels generally safer. So you can stress it a little bit to get those outcomes. And we have to totally select the stressors that we are able to modify, um, because a lot of them, unfortunately we can't. And, and that's something I want to talk to you about as far as beyond, um, mental and emotional stress. What underlying physiological stressors do you see as kind of buckets or risk factors driving adrenal dysfunction? Um, you know, what types of other kind of bigger themes do you see in the body as a concern?
2: So definitely like the physiological stressors that I feel like people oftentimes ignore are going to be the inflammatory foods and blood sugar imbalances, right. And pushing the candle at both ends Mm -hmm. and really you know, burning yourself out so much, not eating enough, being nutrient deprived, not getting enough protein. Those are some of the drivers, but there's oftentimes hidden things, right? Um, So it could be an infection in your body yep. that is just driving so much inflammation. And, you know, you're like, you're living a great life. Like you're eating well, you're, you know, exercising, whatever. You don't have a ton of like Stress, you can put your finger on, but you could have like an H. pylori infection. Yeah. That can be really driving inflammation, causing a lot of food sensitivities in your body. Um, Then you're not digesting your protein and you're not repairing your body as well. It could be something like a toxic mold exposure. Mm -hmm. So really, um, you know, we talk about stress and people think like, oh, psychological stress, but like it could be very much physical, anything that overwhelms your body. Typically people with toxic mold exposure they're the ones that are like, I just don't, you know, I try to do all the right things, but i just feel awful. I feel exhausted and drained and fatigued. And this could be very much a driver for it. And so I feel like it's really easy to talk about like, Oh, you know, you, you live a stressed out lifestyle and change that. But for some people, it's not as apparent, right?
3: Totally. Um, and that's where the world of, you know, functional medicine comes in and a root cause practitioner who's going to dig into those elements. Um, I want to touch back on the safety signals and, uh, maybe talk about a few more safety signals that, that we can send to our body when we're in this healing journal wh- journey, excuse me. Um, what are some of your favorites?
2: definitely utilizing nutrients that are commonly depleted when you're stressed out. So this would be things like the B vitamins, vitamin C, magnesium. I really love Epsom salt baths and then electrolytes. And that's kind of like a foundation for most people. It's generally safe at most times in your life, right. To, to like give yourself some electrolytes and, um, most B vitamins, even nursing moms can tolerate no, no more than like P5, no more than like 50 milligrams of B6 per day is um, because that can suppress some lactation. And just that can give people like a really solid shift to I'm under stress and I have all these stress symptoms like I have trouble sleeping at night and then I have pain throughout my body and I'm anxious and I have cramps. And sometimes that's like a magnesium supplement Mm -hmm. or an Epsom salt bath. And it's like that can take away so many symptoms and electrolytes can just give you your energy back and the B vitamins and vitamin C can help you get in balance with your immunity because that can get really suppressed when you are in a chronic stress state. So um, this is kind of like, you know, most people can do that. And then really focusing on what our daily habits look like. So I talk a lot about like nutrition and um, I know, you know, that's a passion subject of all of us. But at the same time, there are things you can do, like giving your body safety signals through lights. So if it's daylight, you step outside and get some sunshine. If you are indoors all the time, which is so easy to do if the weather's not nice or if we have little kids or um, you know whatever, if we're working from home, like throughout the pandemic. So we don't get those same natural rhythms set up in our body. Just by being exposed to outside light, outside light is so much more brighter and more broad spectrum than like our indoor lighting is. And so sometimes that can help with rebalancing that circadian release of cortisol in the morning so that you have more energy and that, you know, 10 to 12 hours later, your body will decline, decline its production of cortisol. So you'll be able to produce melatonin and sleep better. So it's like light exposure throughout the day and suppressing lights um, after, you know, after sunset. So whether that's doing red lights in your house or red light lamps, or sometimes those blue blocking glasses, those are some options for people to use after sunset so that to really set themselves up for sleeping really, really well.
1: Love it. We recently moved out to Hill Country and I had been talking about that first hour of sun for your pineal gland forever. And now I'm like very whimsical about gazing at the stars, equally important for your nervous system. (laughs) And like when you get to gaze at the stars, you have that whole like God experience and you're just a part of something bigger, but there's also that difference of concentration of uh, you know small focus light in a black sky. And um, out here it's a dark sky community so they don't allow any light pollution. And and I swear there's a huge shift, not only the EMF, um, but there's a huge shift of the darkness to be appreciated as much as the natural sunlight I think for that that plug in if you will.
2: Mm, I love that.
3: All right. Awesome. So let's hear about some of your favorite success stories and tell us, you know, in addition to yourself, how many people have you had go through this protocol at this point and how successful are they?
2: Um the success stories are always my favorite part. And it's incredible because I've had about 3,500 people go through the program. I released it in 2020. Like I got myself better in like 2019 and then I kept tweaking and, you know, refining the program and it wasn't quite ready. So finally it was ready for its like group launch for a small group of people in March of twenty (laughs) twenty. And I was like, oh man, this is like the worst time, but it's also the best time, best time mm-hmm. to release it, right? And it was incredible that people were having less anxiety, like 80% of people that yeah. went through. And the, our first group was like 100 people. And I was like, okay, it's working for, well for even anxiety, even in this challenging state that, we've, that you know, we've all experienced in the last few years. And it's incredible to go through. I've gone through it about seven different times with seven different groups of people where the first week people will step in to the program and they'll come and ask questions or I'll work with them, um, where they will just be super, super anxious and they'll be very, um, very exhausted and very overwhelmed. And then within three weeks or so that really starts to shift once they change their diet around and change some of their daily habits and incorporate some of the supplements. And so some of my favorite stories are women that are like, oh my gosh, I, was the person that was like on the couch and exhausted and overwhelmed. Now I'm running up and down my stairs. Love I it. Have so much energy. Like my brain is working again. Um, The pain vanishes. The incredible thing that I actually decided to talk about is libido, right? Libido comes back. Yeah. And for a lot of women, I feel like libido is never like the top problem list that we have, right? Like we're typically more likely to notice fatigue or hair loss or weight gain and they'll be like oh i didn't even know that like i didn't have a libido i feel so much different now like i feel more present with my family i have um a lot more patience and calm where you know women that would say they were like more likely to snap on their loved ones their loved ones will have noticed a difference in them where they'll be like okay i felt like the worst kind of mom, because I just was so short fused. But once you get some, you know, definitely your adrenals, some love, maybe some adaptogens on board, that Mm -hmm. fuse can really extend and you can be a much more calm and present person.
1: Yeah. And that can be such a vicious cycle than having the guilt of not being yourself and being bitey and then feeling shame about that. And then having stress about that incongruency of who you are. I know that that's something that we see all the time. So it's very validating to know that, you know, there can be a glandular dysfunction. And when we get things back on track, we can feel like ourselves again, which is really the most important thing. Um, Let's just let you share where uh people can find out more about you and some resources and maybe some social handles. And then the final question that we like to ask all of our guests is for a 24 hour recall. So being functional medicine dietitians, we want to hear yesterday. It was Mother's Day as a caveat. So for listeners, <laughs> uh, we're pre-recording this. Um, but just from when you woke up to when you went to bed, what you had to eat. But first let's share where everyone can find you.
2: Sure. So my website is thyroidpharmacist.com and people can find a lot of resources on how to take charge of their health right over there. I'm on Instagram under Isabella Wentz PharmD and then Facebook under thyroid lifestyle or Dr. Isabella Wentz thyroid pharmacist. You can find me there and hopefully come and say hi and connect with me.
1: Love it. Um, we'll link your new book, The Adrenal Transformation Protocol and your prior book on our Amazon store under Books We Love. So we'll definitely be sure to put those links in the show notes too.
2: Great. All right, what so, What'd you eat? <laughs> so, um, we had, I had a quiche. It's a gluten-free and dairy-free quiche. I've been meaning to post a recipe with it, but it's made with salmon and um, it's uh, coconut milk and 12 eggs or so and various greens and veggies. And then my husband made me a beautiful salmon and zucchini lunch. And then in the evening, I had some Texas toast. And this morning I woke up and I had my, um, my adrenal kickstart smoothie. So I had, it's a half a cup of orange juice, a quarter of a cup of coconut milk, a scoop of protein powder and some electrolytes.
1: Oh yeah, that sounds perfect. Awesome. Sure
2: And awesome. then I went to the dentist. So that's okay. yeah. <laughs> so my glam more of my glamorous life, right? <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Well, thanks so
1: much, Isabella, for being on here. I'm sure our listeners are going to learn a lot. And we'll put all the links in the show notes as always. We appreciate your time and energy and sharing your wisdom.
2: Thank you so much for having me and thank you for the work that you're doing in the world. Thank you
0: for listening to the Naturally Nourished Podcast.